Hey kids, welcome to Papa's Bible Stories. For each episode, I pick a Bible story to talk to my kids about. I have a beautiful son, Jacob, who is eight, and a beautiful daughter, Leah, who is five. And these stories are for them. But even though these stories are for my kids, Jacob, Leah, and I would love it very much if you decided to join us. What do you say? Let's get started. Okay, so where we left off last episode, Joseph's ten brothers were heading back to Egypt with Benjamin in tow to buy more grain for their starving families. The ten brothers had already been to Egypt, and the Egyptian in charge of selling the grain, who turned out to be their younger brother Joseph, though he didn't tell them that, had really given them a hard time. He had accused them of being spies and had thrown them into prison. Three days later, he released them and let them buy some grain, but he kept one of the brothers in prison, which was Simeon, and he told them that if they ever wanted to see their brother again, and if they ever wanted to buy grain in Egypt again, then next time they had better come back with, of all things, their youngest brother, Benjamin. When the brothers arrived back in Canaan, they opened their sacks of grain and, inexplicably, the money they had paid for the grain was right there in their sacks. And their father Jacob, looking at the whole situation, refused to let his precious Benjamin go to Egypt. It was just too dangerous. And that seemed to be that. But then, time passed by, and as one might expect, the grain ran out. And Jacob, staring starvation in the face, changed his mind. One of the brothers, Judah, promised his father that he would take full responsibility for Benjamin's safety. And with the reluctant father's blessing, the brothers left on their long journey back to Egypt. And as they left, everyone would have understood that this was a very dangerous journey. The Egyptian must have realized by now that the brothers had left with their money. How would the unpredictable Egyptian react? Would he accept their explanation that they didn't know where the money had come from? Or would he throw them all back in prison again? Or worse, would he just kill them and be done with the whole thing? If anything bad happened to them, their families would be done for. And they couldn't help but think, was God punishing them for what they'd done to Joseph all those years ago? All these questions and more would have been weighing on the brothers as they made the long trek back to Egypt. But then finally the brothers arrived in Egypt, and before they knew it, they were standing in front of the Egyptian. What was the Egyptian going to do? 
The brothers were probably bracing themselves for another series of random questions and random accusations, just like last time. But the Egyptian looked at them, seemed to notice that they had brought another person with them, and without saying a word to the brothers, he called over his steward and said, Take these men to my home and slaughter an animal and make ready, for these men will dine with me at noon. Uh, okay, so no questions about who they'd brought with them, and no questions about missing money, and instead they were being invited over to lunch like they were longtime friends? Needless to say, that's not quite what the brothers were expecting. As the brothers made their way to Joseph's home, the brothers were highly suspicious of the situation and said to each other, It is because of the money which was returned in our sacks the first time that we are brought in, so that he may make a case against us and seize us to take us as slaves with our donkeys. They thought the whole thing was a trick. The Egyptian must have known about the money, and he was just inviting them to his home so that he could trap them and make them his personal slaves. So as they got near to the door of the Egyptian home, they pulled aside the steward and frantically tried to explain about the money. They explained that they had only discovered the money once they'd arrived in Canaan and that they had no idea how it had gotten into their sacks, and that they'd brought the money back with them, and that they brought even more money to buy more grain. But the steward very calmly replied to them, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Uh... Okay, so this whole time the Egyptian had had his money? Really? They'd been worrying all this time for nothing? And while they were digesting that, the steward brought out Simeon. Their brother was alive and well. So not only were they not going to prison, but their brother, who they were probably expecting never to see again, was getting out of prison? Well... It sure seemed like things were going their way. And this is maybe when the brothers started to relax a little. Maybe, just maybe, this trip wasn't going to end in disaster. Maybe, just maybe, God wasn't punishing them for what they'd done to their brother all those years ago. Noon came and the Egyptian arrived at his home to join the brothers for lunch. The brothers gave the Egyptian the present that their father had sent with them, and then they all bowed down before him. Then the Bible says that the Egyptian started to make conversation. He asked them how they were doing, and then specifically asked, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And the brothers replied, Your servant, our father, is in good health. He is still alive. Then the Egyptian looked at Benjamin and said, 
Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said to Benjamin, God be gracious to you, my son. The brothers were no doubt pretty surprised at how friendly the Egyptian was being. First asking about their father, and then being so nice to Benjamin. It was such a difference from the last time. Now, of course, we all know that this Egyptian that the brothers have been dealing with is, in fact, Joseph, the brother that had been sold into slavery over 20 years ago. The brothers did not recognize him, and Joseph was keeping it that way, including by pretending not to understand their Hebrew language and speaking to them only through interpreters. Joseph had been putting his brothers through some tests to see if they were still the monsters that had sold him into slavery all those years ago. And so far, Joseph had to admit that the brothers seemed to have changed. They didn't seem to be the violent, murderous, vengeful men that he had grown up with. In fact, with Benjamin showing up, that at least proved that they hadn't killed another favorite brother. But there was one final test that Joseph needed to put his brothers through, one final piece of information that he needed to know before he could finally reveal who he was. He needed to know if the brothers hated and envied Benjamin, just like they'd hated and envied him all those years ago. And so the test began. And that test was lunch. Speaking about lunch, it was time to get started. And Joseph announced, serve the bread. And the servants came out and, well, served the bread. It was lunchtime. Now when Joseph and the 11 brothers sat down to eat, Joseph was seated at a separate table. The Bible says that. The Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews, for that was an abomination to the Egyptians. Egyptians did not eat together with foreigners. So it was no surprise at all to the brothers that they were seated at a separate table. But what was a surprise is that, without them saying anything, the brothers were seated in the exact order of their birth, from oldest to youngest, all 11 of them. No mistakes. And the Bible says that the brothers looked in astonishment at one another. How could this Egyptian have known their exact birth order? What kind of voodoo was this? Did the Egyptian have some kind of supernatural powers? And if he did, what else did he know about them? And then another strange thing happened. As they were being served their food, Benjamin kept on getting more food than the rest of them. By the time all the food was served, Benjamin had five times as much food as the rest of the brothers. And this is where Joseph watched the brothers very closely. How would the brothers react to seeing the favorited brother being favored again? Would they get angry? Would they get jealous? Well, 
No. The Bible says that the brothers drank and were merry with him. Benjamin getting special treatment didn't seem to faze them at all. And the brothers carried on as if nothing out of the ordinary had happened. Interesting. But Joseph still wasn't satisfied. The test hadn't been hard enough. What he really needed to find out was what the brothers would do, not just when Benjamin was being favored, but when Benjamin was in trouble. And Joseph had just the thing. While they were all eating, he turned to the steward again and quietly said, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also, put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his grain money. So again, Joseph was telling his steward to put their money back in their sacks, just like last time. But this time, he had the steward also put his expensive silver cup into Benjamin's sack. And I think you kidzos know where this is going. Stealing from a government official like Joseph was a big deal, especially when it was done by a foreigner. You could get killed for doing something like that. And Joseph is trying to make sure that Benjamin alone would get into big trouble. And once that happened, he wanted to see how the brothers would react. And the steward did as he was told. He filled each man's sack, including their money, and took Joseph's silver cup and put it into Benjamin's sack, all in secret without the brothers knowing. The next morning, the brothers all loaded their sacks onto their donkeys and left for home. From their perspective, it had been an excellent trip. The Egyptian had been super nice to them. Simeon was back with them, and they had been able to buy all the grain that they needed. Their mission had been a success. Their families were saved, and things seemed to be going their way for a change. Maybe God wasn't punishing them after all. But very soon after they left, Joseph told his steward to go catch up with the brothers and confront them about the silver cup. And the steward did so. He caught up to the brothers and immediately accused them of stealing from his master. Of course, the brothers had no idea what the steward was talking about. And they replied to the steward and said, Far be it from us that your servants should do such a thing. Look, we brought back to you from the land of Canaan the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? With whomever of your servants it is found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's slaves. After everything they'd been through, there was no way that any one of them had stolen from the Egyptian. They were so sure of this 
that they promised that if the cup was somehow found with one of them, that the brother on whom it was found should immediately be put to death, and the rest of them would be slaves for the rest of their lives. But the steward knew that this rash promise from the brothers would not serve Joseph's purpose. He needed Benjamin alone to get into big trouble. He needed to create a situation where the brothers could easily abandon Benjamin if they wanted to. So, the steward replied that he accepted their promise with a slight change. And he said, He with whom it is found shall be my slave, and you shall be blameless. The brothers seemed to accept this, and the search began. And the Bible says that, Each man speedily let down his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. So he, that is the steward, searched. He began with the oldest and left off with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. And so the moment of truth had arrived. The test was here. What would the brothers do? How would the brothers react to Benjamin getting into trouble? Would the brothers leave Benjamin to his fate? Would they just shrug their shoulders and head home, happy to be rid of yet another of their father's favorites? Maybe they'd be like, well, more grain for the rest of us. Well, actually, no. Instead, Knowing how much their father cared for Benjamin, and knowing how sad it would make their father if anything happened to him, the brothers were absolutely distraught. The Bible says that all ten brothers immediately tore their clothes, which means that they were super upset. And the Bible says that each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. They were all going to go back to Egypt with Benjamin. And even though the ten brothers didn't have to, they were all going to face the music with Benjamin together. And the brothers no doubt thought to themselves, how could this be happening? Everything had been going so well. And now, disaster. Maybe God was punishing them after all. And the Bible says, So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there, and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, through an interpreter, as always, What deed is this you have done? Did you not know that a man such as I can certainly practice divination? Joseph is playing into the brother's earlier impression that he somehow had supernatural powers. Then Judah, the one who had taken responsibility for Benjamin's safety back in Canaan, spoke up and said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my Lord's slaves both we and he also with whom the cup was found. 
the brothers were determined not to leave Benjamin alone in Egypt. They would rather be slaves with him than go back home to face their father's grief without him. And besides, isn't this what they deserved? The brothers had sold their brother Joseph into slavery all those years ago. And now it was time to pay the piper. This must be God's punishment, years delayed, finally catching up with them. But Joseph replied, Far be it from me that I should do so. The man in whose hands the cup was found, he shall be my slave. And as for you, go up in peace to your father. Again, the brothers were given the option to just leave. But they weren't going anywhere. Leaving Benjamin was not an option for the brothers. And they were desperate to find another way. Anything. And in his desperation, Judah came close to Joseph and said, O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing. And do not let your anger burn against your servant for you are even like Pharaoh. And then, with touching, heartfelt eloquence, Judah pled for his brother. He explained, with no sign of bitterness, how Benjamin was one of two sons born to their father, whose mother was the love of his life, about how the first son had been torn to pieces, and their father's grief had almost sent him to the grave. And then Judah continued, Now therefore, when I come to your servant my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life, it will happen when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. So your servants will bring down the gray hair of your servant our father with sorrow to the grave. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father forever. Now therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad, as a slave to my lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me, lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father? Judah's plea was so heartfelt and eloquent that, in the original Hebrew language, Judah's plea is known as one of the most beautiful parts of the Bible. And it was all too much for Joseph. He was entirely satisfied that the brothers had changed, and he was overwhelmed with emotions. Seeing his brothers selflessly offer their own lives for Benjamin's, seeing them stick with their brother, seeing them act so protectively, hearing them confess how guilty they felt because of what they had done to Joseph, and hearing how his father had suffered so much, he just couldn't hold back the emotions anymore. And he yelled, Make everyone go out from me. Dutifully, All the Egyptians left the room, leaving the brothers alone with Joseph. 
And then Joseph turned to his brothers and for the first time spoke in perfect Hebrew, saying, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? The brothers were dumbfounded. At first, they couldn't even react. They couldn't even answer his question. Joseph? But but how? Didn't they... Hadn't they... What? After their brains started working again, no doubt they very quickly would have remembered just how horrible they had been to Joseph. The last time they'd seen him, they had tried to kill him and then sold him into slavery. And now their brother was the second most powerful man in Egypt? What was Joseph going to do to them? And the Bible says that the brothers were terrified at his presence. But Joseph had probably already forgiven the brothers a long time ago. And besides, he had already tested the brothers, and he had already found them to be changed men. And Joseph was able to see that even though he'd been treated so horribly by his brothers, God had turned it into something that was saving all their lives right at that moment. Not wanting them to worry, Joseph said to them, Please come near me. And they came near to him, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And then Joseph grabbed his brother Benjamin, and gave him a huge hug, and cried with him, It was a long time coming. And then he went to each brother and kissed them and cried with them too. And seeing that Joseph truly wasn't holding any grudges, the brothers seemed to relax a little, and they began to talk with Joseph. After 20 years, the family was finally reunited. And what happens next, kidzos, is truly one of the happiest endings in the Bible. Joseph sends his brothers back to Canaan with all kinds of gifts for their father and invites the whole family to come live with him in Egypt. Seeing that God had provided a way for them to survive the famine, the family made the big move to Egypt. Jacob and Joseph, father and son, finally got to see each other again. When the moment came, they hugged and cried together for a long time. And because Joseph was so well-liked by the Egyptians, and especially by Pharaoh, 
the Egyptians set aside one of the nicest parts of Egypt for Joseph's family to live, a place called Goshen. And as the famine progressed, Joseph made sure that the family was well taken care of. Jacob, having endured a life full of sorrow and disappointment, finally had some peace, and he got to watch his family grow in safety and security. The promise given by God to his grandfather Abraham and to his father Isaac and to him, the promise of a prosperous nation that numbered like the stars, never looked so close to being fulfilled as it was right then. Through Joseph, God had saved them, and everyone looked forward to a happy and prosperous future. All right, kidzos, that's it for this episode. So what do you guys think about the story? Very happy and and that Joseph took a test with his brothers about Benjamin. I I think that the story was very happy this time, not silly. It was very, very happy. (laughs) In the next episode, we're going to rush 400 years into the future and introduce the Bible's next big character, Moses. But until then, to all the kids tuning in, I hope you have an awesome day, God be with you, and I hope we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.